Welcome to License to Talk Insurance, a podcast for independent insurance agents. Hello, my name is Amanda Yanis, and I am the Director of Marketing at Chicagoland SIA, and one of your hosts for this podcast. For this episode, we have a special guest host, Mike O'Donnell. Mike is a Vice President and Recruiter for Chicagoland SIA, and an independent insurance agent for Conklin Insurance Agency. Today, Mike is going to share some of the knowledge he has gained during his professional journey. Hi, Amanda. I just wanted to say thank you for allowing me to join you today. I'm looking forward to it, and I really appreciate this this opportunity. Well, I'm glad you could join me. As people know, Kelsey is out on maternity leave, so it's nice to have you filling in for her. (laughs) Great. I'm looking forward to it. So, Mike, in the beginning of your career, you started as a captive agent, but you quickly made the transition to an independent insurance agent. Would you mind sharing first what about the captive market appealed to you when you were starting your career, and then what motivated your transition into an independent insurance agency system? Like, what were the main differences you noticed between being captive and independent? How did the different models appeal to you? And really, what influenced your decision to make the switch? That's actually a great question. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, there's there's pros and cons to both, and I'm certain that we will be addressing that. But why I started in the captive system. One, I think as a whole, the training opportunities within the captive system are a lot more robust than they are in most independent agency systems. So it's a great way for somebody who was a recent college graduate like myself or somebody who's transitioning from an industry to learn more about the captive marketplace because it's one product. You learn the industry, you learn the technology, you you learn the um, coverage aspects, but it's only one product that allows you to do that. So it's a little bit easier on a training standpoint because they teach you what you need to know to sell their product. So there's definitely a lot to that on the captive side, but very soon you learn that it truly is very limiting only having one product and only doing it one way and having the control not being in your hands, but being in the insurance company's hands. So they force you, for lack of a better word, to try and put round pegs in square holes sometimes. And uh, that's not really a consultative approach that I think most insurance professionals want or want to be forced to take. They'd much rather provide alternative solutions and try and find answers for what the specific problem is, not present a solution that may or may not fit the need or the situation. So you're really saying that you felt like when you were in the captive system that you really just didn't have the ability to customize the solutions to fit your client's needs. How does that differ from the flexibility of the independent model and how does it benefit the client? And do you have any examples of when this flexibility allowed you to tailor a solution for one of your clients? Sure. What actually happens is when I sit down with a prospect, a customer, um, somebody who's interested in speaking to me and has a need, you can ask a lot more consultative questions. You can ask them, 
what's important to them, what isn't important to them, um, specialization as to what their collections may be, what types of cars they might have, what types of lifestyle that they lead to tailor the product to meet that need. Um, Somebody who is in a later stage in life and maybe has a second home and some toys and uh, toys being defined as ATVs, boats, uh, you know, classic cars, things along those lines. Typically, when you're in the captive side, you don't have a solution for all of those needs. You only have what you have the ability to offer, and it may or may not be able to be customized because the product is not as robust as there is on on the independent agency side. On the independent agency side, since we represent multiple different insurance companies, Each company may have a specific product that meets that needs, that's got better coverages and competitive pricing for the needs of the customer. Um, You are able to cut and paste, so to speak, to design an insurance program that meets all of those needs and possibly a solution with multiple companies that's going to best meet your customer's expectation. So that's why I I really was more drawn towards the independent system because it allowed me to customize a program for each individual instead of having an existing program and trying to find individuals that fit in that box for the established product by the captive carrier. So it allowed me to be a little bit more creative. Uh, It allowed me to meet the needs of my customers. And it also allowed me to meet the price point expectations in some cases with customers because you sometimes you have to design based on cost as a consideration. That certainly is never the first criteria, but it does in some cases become one of the top three or four criterias to provide an effective solution. What do you think would have happened if a client came to you with all of these things, the, the RV, the boat, the other toys, the second home, you're a captive agent. Uh, how would that have gone down versus how it went down as an independent agent? It would have been much more difficult, if not impossible in many cases, to meet that sort of customer. They just don't have the products. And um, it's, they certainly don't have the, the product that will make it all encompassing for all of those needs. What they end up doing actually is going through a third party, either a friendly competitor who's on the independent agency side to fit one of those or a couple of those needs to fill them, or they go through uh, their own brokerage divisions to get to ultimately the independent market that already has the solution. But uh, they lose control of the relationship with the carrier and they have less of an opportunity to be an advocate for you as a customer because, again, they don't have control with the carrier. They're utilizing a third party. So I think the insured loses 
some loses their advocate, which is most importantly what we are for them, and uh, also loses the ability to customize, quite frankly. So we've talked a lot about personal lines, talking about homeowners and different cars and personal insurance lines. What about commercial insurance opportunities? How do those differ between captive and independent agents? There's a vast difference in the product design as well as the product availability and capacity of a captive insurance agent versus an independent insurance agent to solve those problems. Captive agencies, uh, captive agents, don't have an area of specialty, generally speaking, in the commercial markets. They can do very vanilla type of risks, something that may be a flower shop, uh, something that may be a Hallmark card store, maybe a very small diner, potentially some property that might be in the sweet spot of the captive. But if you have any level of sophistication to your business or need someone who actually can be an advocate and can be an advisor for you on a commercial opportunity, the independent agent is well more versed in what the marketplace looks like from a competitive standpoint, well more versed in the coverages that are necessary than what uh, a captive who's, again, going to give you what's inside the box. That's all they have is what's inside the box. There's not as necessarily as solution-based as here's your quote and this is what it costs. They can't provide the alternatives that the independent insurance companies provide for us as independent agents. In previous episodes, we've talked about the importance of setting up a specific niche opportunity in commercial lines. Do you have any examples of successful niche opportunities that you've either done personally or maybe one of our members that you work with? And can you get a little bit more into the, the importance of setting up niche opportunities as an insurance agent? There's a couple questions there. So I'll take the first question, which is niches that I have personally experienced. And I would say, yes, there. it's important to be able to develop niche marketing and expertise within specific areas because it allows you to do the things you need to do for your customers and uh, a homogeneous type of a group. So you can design a program that's going to meet the specific exposures and needs as well as coverage as well as pricing to make it a competitive overall solution in doing that. Some of the advantages of doing that is obviously referrals. When you do something in a homogeneous group, take it a uh, any sort of franchise business or uh, any sort of auto-related industry that there's commonality between large groups, those things allow you to become an expert in that industry and allow you to know the some of the, the pitfalls that maybe they're not even aware are out there and they being the customer themselves because they're, they're experts in the, in the business they're in, 
but they're not an expert in the insurance that needs to be in place to protect, which is very clearly their largest asset in most cases and their livelihood, certainly. So we have a responsibility to, to know what we're doing for those people and uh, being an expert in niches and being in one, two, three types of them, uh, you're going to be more, more of an asset to the customer, quite frankly. You've talked a little bit about uh, being a customer-centric agency or a customer-focused approach, having the solution that meets their needs versus shoehorning them into a in-the-box policy. Can you share a little bit about how this customer-centric approach has impacted your sales strategy? Sure. Um, the ability to customize a solution is probably one of the very unique things that an independent agency can do. Um, so if you take that to, let's take a franchise group again, I'll say this because again, it's a homogeneous product or a homogeneous risk base that you can figure out what their needs are from the franchisor agreement requirements um, of which a lot of people, quite frankly, don't look at the insurance requirements when they sign a franchise agreement. Uh, the lease agreements that they're signing to make sure that they're in compliance with their lease agreements. Um, the exposures that they don't understand uh, things such as a hired non-owned auto policy and the importance of that for anyone who has an employee when they're actually on the road, whether it be delivering whether it be uh, going to Costco to pick up supplies for the for the office, uh, whether it be uh, somebody dropping off contracts on your behalf, that's an employee. There's a risk there for both the employee and the employer in the event of an auto accident. So being able to customize solutions and knowing that that risk is there when maybe they haven't thought about it, you can ask them the questions if you have experience from other insureds and through working through a like kind of customer that maybe they haven't anticipated. And by closing those gaps, you're doing a you're doing your job first and foremost, but you're protecting them, and and that brings value and comfort and trust with your customers that you know their business and you are actively trying to close gaps, eliminate exposures, or make them aware of the exposure when they weren't. It's an educational type of consultative approach. Switching gears back to the captive versus independent insurance agency models, we hear a lot about book ownership. Could you elaborate a little bit more on that? Absolutely. Um, so in the traditional captive model, I would tell you that ownership, quite frankly, doesn't exist. The carrier owns the book of business. And I'll say that by the fact that you can't sell that book of business in the captive world, the carrier owns that book of business. They have the ability to hire and fire you. They have the ability to um, dictate who you can sell if 
you can sell it to. And if you decide to leave, they take that book and just roll it back in and ultimately try and find another person that's going to come in as an employee and then use that book of business as a, as a seed for them to start their agency. So in some cases and in with some carriers, they will buy out your equity position in that book, but they're not allowing you to take that book and go someplace else. There's a non-compete and there are other things within that contract. In the independent agency ownership world, it is just that. It's not only your revenue stream and the equity side of that revenue stream, but there's portability. It allows you to buy another book from somebody else and transfer that into your revenue stream and consolidate that within your agency. It allows you to sell that book of business to another party on your terms and at your time frame. Uh, so there's much more freedom in that. And then the equity side of it, traditionally in the captive world, that valuation when the insurance company buys your book back from you is anywhere from 50, 75 cents on the dollar to max, maybe a dollar 50 per dollar. So one and a half times valuation. On the independent agency side, historically, you would see that in the one and a half to two times revenue, if that's the valuation that you're using, although there are multiple valuations that are used. But the recent mergers and acquisitions has allowed the independent agency owner to really capitalize on that. And depending on size, it could be as much as three to five to six times earnings on that. So it's a much more lucrative back end play in addition to the compensation that you're making on the captive side versus the independent agency side, compensation being defined as commission uh, is much more lucrative on the independent agency side. Independent insurance agents are, you know, they're like small business owners, right? We, we act like small business owners and like many small business, we tend to be more family run. How would that work on the captive side? I know on the independent side, if you wanted to you know, bring on your, your child uh, and teach them the ropes and leave them your book, sort of transition them into your role so you can retire, how would that work on the captive side? Well, in the old days, they were able to perpetuate their agency through through the family. They were allowed to do that. In most cases, and I won't say all, but in most cases, that is not an opportunity any longer for a captive to perpetuate their agency through family or through close personal affiliations. On the independent agency side, as you said, small business owners, they own their agency. They decide how they want to perpetuate that agency. Perpetuation could be a son, a daughter, a niece, a nephew, a sibling for that matter, a spouse for that matter. Um, but it is all about choice. And you have that choice and that opportunity to do that in the independent insurance agency system. 
Mike, I wanted to thank you so much for joining me today. You've really given us some great insights on how you know the independent agency model works versus the captive agency model. I really appreciate you coming on. Amanda, it was my pleasure, and thank you very much for the opportunity to do this.